Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. Hey, Table Talk listeners, it's me, your editor, Audrey. Just wanted to take a moment and let you know that we at the Table Talk team are a part of a charity drive for the month of January, raising money for Doctors Without Borders to support the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. This charity, organized by Ryan from Run DMG, has a bunch of your favorite TTRPG creators backing it who are all giving away rewards at different donation levels. From guest spots on your favorite actual plays to custom-made giant D20s and to TTRPG systems and so much more. Your favorite roleplay girlies here at Table Talk are giving away guest spots to come on Table Talk as guests. We are also giving away a hand-painted Minotaur Mini by Alejandra, accompanied with a backstory and plot hook written by Mariah as well. You might also be able to redeem some donations to have Alejandra and Mariah come play at your online game, either together or separately. You might even be able to interview the Table Talk hosts for your own show as well. The charity can be found at the Tiltify link in the description of each episode for the month of January, as well as in the link in bios on all our social medias at Tabletalk RPG. Any level of donation helps and 100% of the proceeds go to Doctors Without Borders. Thank you so much. And now back to the show. Righty, and we are live back at it with another episode of Table Talk. This is a guest episode, as you saw from the title, and we are so excited to show you who we've got today. You want to give us a little introduction and tell us a little bit about what you do and where people can find you? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, sure. My name is Steve Krause. I'm a voice actor in that realm of life. I go by S.J. McKean. As it turns out, there's like 15 Steve Krauses up on IMDb or something like that. So it was like it's always so weird. Why it is, is there so many. I know, and the, and so it's like I was talking to Aaron about this, and Aaron Aaron's my partner, runs TTRPG Collective, and you'll, and you'll see. Um, yeah, that. she was just on, just on a previous episode. Yeah, yeah, that Aaron. So so that, the power couple. Uh, no I fucking love that. So I forget where I was going. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I it came down to I need to make a business decision. And this actually kind of goes into what I've been doing for like the past, I don't know, since five minutes after dirt, uh, building worlds. So I, it came down to a, a recognition that what I'm doing is actually developing a business. A voiceover is a business. Mm -hmm. So I had to create a name. It's branding. It stands out. It's not pretentious. Mm -hmm. But I just yeah. had a client tell me, no, we, we know exactly who you are because you fucking stand out. Your, your, your headshot is not standard. Your name is not standard. There's nothing standard about you. I was like, awesome. S.J. McKean is very like suave in old Hollywood. Very much. It's, it's, it's like that kind of S.J. McKean. It's like, ah, uh, it's like that it's 80s like, oh. pukey radio. Video combined right. with like yeah it's just it well, just stands out vibe. yeah the second we met you at pax and you yeah. even like opened your, i am a person that canonically has things about voices and just yeah, we certain voices at certain registers and you spoke and i was like oh this is amazing <laughs> this, is built in ASMR. this is built in asmr i love it thank you all right so i so i won't be doing any of that then oh shit okay no <laughs> no the interview will not this will be a different kind of Podcast. That's a whole different if podcast. That's a that's a right. podcast after dark. That's behind a paywall. So we can circle back to it. We need to set up a Patreon. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying no. Welcome to this podcast. 
Yeah, well, you know, we we will be looking for voice actors soon. Yeah, dead ass we are. But so all right, so so outside of voiceover, I I got into the TTRPG space when geez i don't know my mom was visiting a friend of hers i don't even know who this person is and this was over in new jersey and we she and her kids and me and my mom we all got into a car and we went into the city and her kids my mom's friends kids wanted to go to this place called the complete strategist i i don't know anything about anything and and there's these this little set of stairs that you walk up that you walk up in, into in order to get into the store proper we were immediately greeted by this gentleman very large personality and he's like hi how can i help you and the kids are like hi we're here you know we want we want dungeons and dragons books and it was like oh uh, like i'm i'm like what the fuck is that and this guy's like oh that's fantastic if you would like to hold a and d party, you could, and the mothers are like, what are you talking about? And he goes on to describe this, this thing that would later on become a stereotype. And this was in the 70s. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this was brand new. This whole time. Oh, it was it fresh was, meat. Oh, this is before the satanic panic, even. This is like <laughs> when people were like, Oh my god, these dice are so funny looking. The and they hadn't found this yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he goes on to describe now what, what is a stereotype or has been a stereotype for a long time. Oh, yeah, no, you can turn it into like a pizza party, and and you have me, I'm known as a dungeon master, and oh, and god. and we and there's gonna be soda, and we hold so I'm listening to this and I'm like this is so alien to me. My mom raised me on classical music and in theater and, and other stuff like that. I don't know oh, anything yeah. about this. But nonetheless, little 11-year-old me wanted to find out more about it. So when we all got back to that house, they sat down, and they're like 15, 16 years old. Now, back then, D&D &D was a game for adults. Mm. It was not. It wasn't meant for kids, supposedly, anyway, right? But then again, Gygax was, he had his own idea of how, of how reality works. So as it turns out, yeah, the demo is totally not. It's, it's, it's meant for all ages. So I wanted to play, and they wouldn't let me play. So I was sitting there, I was watching the entire time, and this was the first time I'd ever seen any game, any RPG at all. And all I knew is I wanted in. So mm, as yeah. a, so for the, for the rest of my of my school career, all the way up until like twelfth grade, I the, the, when I should have been doing homework, I was designing a dungeon because that's how things were released. It was called Dungeons and Dragons for a reason. All of it was yeah. all about dungeon crawls. So there were maps. So I was now designing maps. But then I started getting a question in my head: Where the fuck is this dungeon? Where, mm -hmm. where like what yeah. part of the world is this? In? I had heard about Greyhawk. I heard about Forgotten Realms. But where is it? And then, so I put hills around the dungeon entrance because it's a cave and therefore earth needs to be around this opening. And it's gotta be in something. Yeah, exactly. And then, well, okay, well, where are these hills? And these hills then developed and then there were fields outside yeah. and then farmers. Had, and then, oh, look, there's another cave two miles yeah. away. And, and where is this dungeon? Why is this dungeon? Yes. Oh, that's I. Yeah, I'm. I'm like I'm somewhere on some sort of neurospicy spectrum. And so oh, the yeah, question of same. why is crucial to me. And 41 years later, the the year or 20, 42 years later, it's now 2024 and the year of our lord. It, your lord. So <laughs> <laughs> Not my lord. Yes. We're southern. I have a pantheon of 42 deities I could choose from. I don't know about you. That's so, 
So I, I ended up developing this world and that's where we are today, but it wasn't really until about six years ago, not even like five years ago or so that I got up on Twitch where I currently live and have been living since is there's a lot of people in the world that, that can appreciate this. If you live in a rural area, sometimes you don't have gamer friends that can come over and play. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I know some actors and whatnot. We're going to get together and I'm going to start this thing called a Twitch thing, whatever that is. And we've been doing it since. And the channel started growing. But then I realized that there's actually people out there who are interested in my creation, which completely conflicts with this notion of imposter syndrome, which mm-hmm. halts me in my tracks uh, routinely. So who am I and what do I do? That's a damn good question. That's a, I, I honestly don't know. I'm a gamer. I, I created a fantasy world. A lot of people like it and there's books coming out, but until that actually happens, my imposter syndrome says, nah, it ain't gonna happen. You're a renaissance yeah. man. Can I really yeah. say that no one has like answered that question quite like that and gone on a little metaphysical tangent and I love and adore that you did. <laughs> it's incredible. No one has been like, what does it mean to exist <laughs> and be perceived on the earth? And like, I am also that bitch. So like, I, I fully support this. That's, that's it's my, great. Th- I was just having this conversation with Aaron today. It was like, what exactly do I identify as career wise? Because I've seen a lot of careers and, or, mm-hmm. well, I've seen a lot of jobs, but I haven't seen a lot of careers. And I was like, what am I? Am I a game writer? Am I a voice actor? Am I this? Am I that? So even at the age of 57, I'm like, I, I don't fucking know what I am. I have no I idea where also, I'm going. I think it's also hard as a creative to narrow that down. Yeah. Um, and I feel that yeah. hardcore because like when we do this, one, I've done content creation. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do art. Yep. Yeah. I write. I'm on the side a, and right. I'm a dungeon master and, and all these other things. And when you start tying all these, all these other things together, there, there's no big blanket umbrella that makes it nice and neat and digestible for somebody that doesn't have any context for this world. That's a, I find a line of continuity in storytelling and I'm boiling it down to that. Yes. If I have to like elevator pitch it, but yeah, it is, yeah. it is hard to like reconcile all of these like fractal pieces of your identity sometimes and yep. like where you should be putting your time. And so many, you have like, there's, there's so many things you want to make and there's only so many hours in the day. You know, the, I, I, I had a partner who, who blessed me with a piece of advice. She travels the nation as a sculptor on the Ren Faire circuit. Mm. And I just, and, and so that's, that's what she does. Okay. Full time. Right. And one of the things that she realized about me was I was trying to manage this business aspect of what I do, which is, you know, okay, I need to produce something. I need to sell something because I was raised in capitalist society and the conservative family, you know, and I have this notion mm-hmm. that this is just the way that life needs to go. And this is not my beliefs now, but I'm still stuck with these fucking things around. And she goes, what's that? You're still unpacking them. <laughs> it's, okay. Oh my! Oh, it never stops. Yeah. It never stops. Are. I got a box in the corner that I haven't looked at. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, mine is covered with like dirt from 1983. So, <laughs> so she told me she's like, "Well, you're not a manager. You got to understand that you're not a manager of yourself. You are a creative." And I was like, "What does that exactly mean?" And she's like, "I can't manage my own business, but holy fuck, can I create?" And she said, and don't, and you, and you need to stop striving for perfection. You need to stop doing that because that is what's getting in your way. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, great sage of wisdom. And, mm-hmm. and she wasn't even joking. She was absolutely serious. Yeah. She goes, the majority of your product needs to be mediocre because what mm-hmm. you consider mediocre is still going to be better than what most other people will mm-hmm. be able to produce on their own. Because if, because now you're just being true to yourself. It's not that you're necessarily better. It's just that you're truer to yourself. And yeah. 
And that just kind of took me on the course where I am now. So it, it was. Yeah. And the things that align with you the most will find their audience. You're not here yeah. to please everybody. You are here to find the, the that niche group of people that get it. Like the second that you start talking about your your passions and they're like, yeah, I'm right there with you. Those are your people. That's it. Yeah. You know, and the funny thing is, is that I'm now at that point where it's like, granted, I'm, I'm getting close to that age where I begin understanding like words of my seniors that go, get off my lawn. And I know why, because it's like, <laughs> I've been there. I've done that. I just want to do my shit. There is a certain comfort that does come from finding like-minded people and being able to have a rapport with them and build up a rapport. But I also have to admit that I've I've done enough where I've learned don't read the comments. Don't yeah. don't go back. Don't look at it. Don't do it for other people. And I've made that mistake. I made that mistake up until like just in the past couple of years. And I made that mm. mistake on Tuesday. You know, so it's it's always going to happen. But at the end of the day, we need to create strictly for ourselves. It doesn't yeah. and there should be no destination for it other than your own happiness. And it sounds like one of those, oh, I read a self-help book one day and no, this is like, this is, this is the best damn self-help advice that anyone has ever given me. So yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. And that, that same element of like, like that advice that you, that you said is like, Hey, you're a, like, you are meant to create, you are not meant to manage. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things I like when we talked about imposter syndrome with Johnny mm -hmm. and even conversations we have with Johnny after the fact, it's that element of like, it, and I get it, especially as creatives and especially as people that have like control issues. I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about Mariah. <laughs> yeah, you and, and, and we're very controlling and it's hard to let go yes. of certain pieces because you know how you would do it. But eventually at some point you get capped on your own ability or capacity. Yeah. And there are people out there that are genuinely better at certain things than you. Well, and that's like why we brought Kay in because like she does like, theater production, audio video production for a living and is incredible incredible at it and like her doing that frees me up to write another podcast yeah. like i'm not gonna have time to do yeah if i'm trying to do everything and granted that requires a lot of trust in another person that you're bringing yeah. in outside into your baby but like Kay's a weird example because i fully like, like trust her with my we life we brought up the idea of like bringing in Kay, and i was like yeah of course that makes so much sense i've haven't i haven't had a single anxious yeah. thought about that ever but it's also like Kay is a true professional in her field yes. Yes. And I love you, Kay. I know you're editing this and probably squeeing about it. Um, but is is truly a professional in her field, has been doing so so yeah. successfully and like has been doing it for so long that we both this can is her acknowledge whole adult job. This is her whole adult does. job. And we as much queer audacity as we right. hold in our in our little pinky can both admit we are not audio editors. No. This is very much two raccoons in a trench coat yeah. trying to make it work. Yeah. And if we give it to Kay, you know, she'll do it much quicker and easier than we ever could. Mm -hmm. And, and even we just, were already going to her for like advice. her and our friend Alex as like we were tagging in that server we're all in of like the audio video council of like how yeah. do we how do I fix this how do I unfuck this piece of audio what is this good equipment is that yeah yeah, yeah it's I'm running into that same situation where you're tapping into the the thing that I know logically but I also have difficulty uh, difficulty following emotionally yeah. is mm -hmm. the with two streams on Twitch on uh, on the Evandale channel I, I've been mm -hmm. the AGC, the Ancocrit. We've got another Twitch channel coming out uh, this year. As a matter of fact, this month, later this month, we're going to start streaming Jesus on that Christ. and removing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the I have two streams on Evandale, which is just the name of the world. And there are two, and mm -hmm. those are campaigns. I want to put those things up on YouTube. That yeah. requires me to edit them. 
And mm-hmm. I have like between running the streams, designing the games, uh, just writing a book and writing three books at the same time, managing a whole bunch of other stuff. Now I also have to edit video. There has to come a point in time when you just simply say, I can't. I can't. You're like, I am but yeah. one I need, man. Yep, I need help. I, I, And I'm not weaker for it. I think I'm actually no. stronger for having that acknowledgement. A hundred percent. Yeah, well, it's you're using, it's using everybody's like skills and talents and abilities to their best application. Yeah. That wasn't how I wanted that sentence to end, but <laughs> what we're going with. Sometimes I say things because I'm like, I really want to sound nice and professional and like, like I have a wonderful vocabulary and I say things and my brain just screws me halfway through the sentence. Um, it's, it's, I, I get it. I totally get that. But anyway, yeah, it's like you are not, it is impossible to be exceptional at everything you do. And yes, I say that as like a former gifted and talented kid. And, you know, <laughs> I, I resent that that is a fact of life. I mm-hmm. would love to do everything and be an expert at it. And that would just be great and suit me so much better. But that's not life and that's not no. how it's going to go. And so like that thing of like, you have to pick your things to yeah. some extent that you're going to be really good at. Like, like you do art and mm-hmm. I draw more casually, but I've dove nowhere near as deeply into it as you have. Mm-hmm. And you write some, but, but I've I'm gone, not but I've gone deeper are. with that. And it's like, we both love the other thing, but then at the same time, it's like, we can't do both. Yeah. Right. And it's like, that's hard. And there is a grief there sometimes I think like it, at, on a real level. But it is important to like figure out what methods of creating matter the most to you and give you the most joy. Yeah. And I think the thing that I've in this, especially in this podcasting process, meeting more creators and meeting other people that are doing this and aspiring, not only just to do what they're really passionate about, but eventually, hopefully, you know, be able to get out of the capitalist hellscape that is a that is a job and be doing something they truly, truly enjoy for themselves. And I've had to have this conversation with a lot of them where it's like, you know, at some point, if this is something you truly love, and you want it to grow, you need to let go. And I look at myself when I say that, but but you have to, you have to start bringing other people in because there will be people that were more than willing to help you, especially in the early stages, Mm -hmm. because especially in this community, by God, everyone's so incredibly nice and so ready to lend help and and advice and, and all of that. They, I, that's actually, all right. So this is where my upbringing completely conflicts with Mm -hmm. the reality of today in the TTRPG space. Anybody that's listening to this, please understand exactly what Ali just said. There are people out there who are going to help. There are people out there who want to assist. It is a different vibe. And if you're of my gen, it's like, it goes completely against anything that we learned. It's this notion of you must own everything that you have. You must be the sole. It must come out perfect. It must be marketed. It must be. And it has this entire business model associated with it. And you need to be. Look, it is absolutely true. Everyone does deserve a fair wage for their labors. In this kind of a situation, though, in this in this particular industry, at this level of, of creativity, some people just simply need a venue to create. It, yeah. And, and they're mm-hmm. not necessarily looking for, you know, for immediate or even down the line um, compensation. Maybe they just enjoy the process and we have to allow people that space as well. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and that goes into the imposter syndrome thing as well. And the oh, releasing of control, God, yeah. because listening to people and trusting people when they tell you I am willing to help and this is something I want to do and not being like, 
cool. I hear what you're saying and it's, pr you're probably lying to tell me what I want. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, like you can't do that. You've got to take people at their word. And it's hard because like, I mean, I think, um, I mean, it's, it's beyond just being in a creative industry. It's some level like a universal human experience, but like we've all had situations where we've had that inkling and we're like, I'm going to try to trust it. And then turns out the person was maybe not fully offering something they had the capacity to give, but then realizing that like that is not yours to hold. Yeah. And that, yep. and like it being able to sit in the sort of potential discomfort of that and just still trust that like, this is the correct thing to do no matter how it works out and that you owe it to everyone in your life to give them the respect of believing what they tell you. I struggle with that on the daily. I've got a Patreon. Mm -hmm. I've got a, is it, is it Ko-Fi coffee? Is it coffee? coffee. It is coffee because buy you a coffee, right? It's Yeah. It's meant to be like buy you a coffee. Oh, okay. I thought it was Ko-Fi and people just said buy you a coffee to be cute. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh. I know. I was like, I got this to the list of things and I'm like, why in the God's name do I say that <laughs> on the air? But here we are. <laughs> So it was suggested because I was I was also developing maps around that time, and it was suggested to me, why don't you open up a Patreon? You're good at, at creating these maps for RPGs. Why don't you, you know, do that and see if somebody is some? I was like, no one would ever dare pay me for. Why would anybody? I suck at mm -hmm. that. Why? And I put it up that day. Got a five dollar thing because I put it up on on then it was Facebook, and 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 somebody came in and said, yep, I'll be it. They are still a patron to this day. And oh, that was like 2018 okay. or something like that. Yeah. And it was just fucking amazing. And I, yeah. and every now and then I go back to my Patreon patrons and I'm like, guys, I'll admit, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I tried creating master a little while. That didn't work. But now this is about the development of Evandale because I kind of found out that's where my juice wants to flow. So let's go with that. And what do you guys think? crickets and i know people are seeing it because every now and then there are responses so i was like you know what hold on let me move it over to my discord server and then i invited people over to that and they joined so i know that they're watching i know that they're listening and i was like all right what do you guys want to see how can i better give you turns out these these motherfuckers just want to support the creative process they're yeah. not looking for so they want you to do to your thing with and trust I and have. Like, I love it. It's beautiful, but what? Oh, it makes me want to vomit. I don't <laughs> yeah. like that. Because it goes against that very, I mean, it's from your generation, it's in ours as well, of that, like, you have to provide value. And if you yeah. can't provide measurable value, then what you're doing isn't valuable. Yeah. And, and and of what value are you as a human being if you yep. cannot provide value to others? Yeah. And the, you, your value as a human being is directly tied to what can and cannot be measured. <sighs> I've had the same thing happen with Raina because I, I have a coffee for Raina. Mm -hmm. And I just did it to, for the sake of putting it up there. Yeah. I never expected just anything like i don't have any fucking plans or rewards or anything i've posted on there whatsoever yeah and i think the first couple months i had it up there was three separate instances where someone sent me a hundred fucking dollars <laughs> yes. and i was like and i and i knew one person was andy who's li we're literally recording uh yeah. an episode with him tomorrow and i and i he tried to be slick about it because it was from his legal name mm. and it wasn't the same name that he presents online but i immediately clocked it and like yeah and he's like how did you know it was me and i was like you motherfucker and, I, and he was like it's because you're great and i was like no <laughs> like take it back yeah yeah <laughs> I, I don't understand it. And it's 
As a streamer, you get bits, you get subs on Twitch. On Patreon, you have that. On Coffee, you've got that. And then there are other ways that people also want to support you. I've been asked for my my physical mailing address before from fans of the show. And I'm like, Which, don't do that. what's get that? Get a UPS box. Don't do get that. A get a PO box. I didn't get my address. Somebody else got they, they somebody else gave them their address and then they shipped it to me. So it was okay. like, yeah, yeah. Don't but, do that either. Don't do that either. Well, I, I I'm not gonna tell people what to do with reside. their life. But. I, I am for that. I that's <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It should be a P.O. box. Give strangers on the internet the place, the address for the place you sleep at night. No, no. this is true. The, no, Don't you, do that. you Don't absolutely do should not. Don't do that. So, but if I've uh, learned nothing on my 28 circles around the sun. That's one of the things <laughs> I've learned. Don't do that, please. I, You'll what? be on the 10 p.m. news. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's funny that you say that because I'm still thinking, I will see my face on the back of a milk carton. That's how old I am. I'm like, shit, yeah. that was, that was a thing one day. Yeah, you sit there with your breakfast cereal, and you're like, "Oh, who's this kid? That's not probably dead in the dead." That's a somewhere. wild thing they did. I'm just like you're like at lunch them, at yeah. school, and you're like, "Here's this missing child." It's like, why yeah. are we telling other children this? That's oh, dude, this is at a time when when we grew up where this is. I've seen like SNL skits about this. Where I think it was SNL. Yeah. Either way, it was like in school in in our youngin days, we would we'd be shown these videos of. Red on the road, and it was like you know the school bus the, the school bus comes up to drop off a couple of kids. There's a snowy bank right outside the door, and the kid like goes out and then slips under the bus, and then the bus takes off, and you see oh. on the road, and it's like what the fu-? and it scared yeah. us straight. It was so not cool. So and now cool. Oh, it does. It absolutely does. But anyway, but so so the good part of all this was is that the person who was asking turned out not to be somebody that, that would have had me crazy. featured on the news, and instead sent out handmade crafts and stickers and art mm-hmm. of the stuff that had been on our streams and in our actual play. And this was there. Everyone needs to define for themselves some measure of what what they consider their measure of success. I don't, I, I wouldn't go on the monetary level. I advise against that. I want to make a million dollars. You know what? Good for you. Go, go have that goal. But what are you going to do? You know, what's your own personal growth that you want to achieve? Yeah. So when somebody spent their own time creating for that, yeah. doing mm-hmm. that, and then spending on the postage and the box and the packing and whatever. And the, that to me was like, that, that's one of the greatest gifts that I can ever have. I cannot understand why people would do it. And it's not like I haven't done it myself, but my own self-worth completely rallies against that. Yeah. The disparity between the two. Yeah. 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 That's been interesting as like, cause I've had to work on that a ton and I am getting to a better point where I don't have that as much of an immediate instinctual recoil from that. Mm-hmm. But it, or at least if I feel that I will like make myself stop and look at it and be like, why is that? coming up that way and it really is interesting like the double standards we will set and hold ourselves to that we don't with yep. other people mm-hmm. or like the worth that we will define or put into things other people make but then will not at all with things that we make yeah and it's just yeah that i could go into that for was, hours i'm a psych major i could go yeah absolutely i do just so we can understand yeah. why someone would be so lovely and mm-hmm. send you all those nice things oh boy i want to get into a little bit about what we started talking about at pax because i was entranced the moment you started telling us <laughs> <laughs> and I was so sad that we had to like cut our conversation short because we had to go and all these things. Tell me a little bit about your world Oof. that you've been building for so long. Okay. And why you love world building the way that you do. 
Alrighty, so awkward kid growing up didn't fit in anywhere. Awkward theater kid. So a big mood, if there ever were one. Oh yeah, yeah, no, total mood. So <laughs> I, I'm like not really accepted anywhere. You know, I'm I'm six four at that age, and I'm still like, you know, you should be on a basketball team. You should be on lacrosse. And I, yeah, I played lacrosse for a little bit, but it was more out of, of what I was told to do. So I never really, and I was on a soccer team. It's like I hate sports. It's not because sports are <laughs> yeah. bad. It's because it's not for you. I am into theater. So it's like <laughs> I am a thespian. Yes. Yeah. Give me a motive to kick the ball. So get a fucking goal, you kid. And and it, none skull, of... I can recite a soliloquy. <laughs> yes. So, Takes up the soccer ball and they're like, don't use your hands. <laughs> exactly. I knew him well. And <laughs> the so I never really fit in anywhere. And so going back with a therapist these days. I've been able to kind of figure out why I started doing some stuff. I ended up not not only was I trying to address the question of well, where exactly does this dungeon exist, but as I started putting pen on paper to create a map, I realized that the map was going to be a lot larger than what I originally anticipated. So if I started off with this hex. Uh, I maps used to appear on hex paper. So I took like eight by 11 sheets, taped them all together to make like a poster size of six of these pages all taped together. And you can still see the image. It's online somewhere where you can see like the tape marks and the original colored pencil going around and all the shading and stuff. And as I'm going around the border, I'm just drawing like just this outline of a country. I'm imagining, well, this is at the top of the page. Therefore, it must be northern lands. Okay, so it's cold. And then I begin drawing inland. And as I come inland and I start rounding it out, I'm like, oh, this must be where water meets land on a beach or something like that. Who would be here? Civilizations tend to go up around water, etc. So I'm going around and I'm developing this entire world in my head. And I'm not writing any of this shit down. None of it. Mm -hmm. But then I finish this world and I begin looking at it and I begin naming the names. And I'm like, well, why is... I remember having an old globe and I didn't know how names should be. Everything had to end in IA to me, you know? Names are hard. Names are really th hard. Things are really hard. Places for people, like it's rough. So I had this big old globe in my in my bedroom growing up. So I spun the globe and I like stabbed my finger onto it. And I landed on this place. I'm, uh, forgive me, anyone who, who's who's Scottish, if someone please correct me on this. It's like Crack and Moab or something. And, and that was the very first name of a place that I called it. It was like a real place on earth, but now it's in this fictional world. Lo and behold, I start going back and I start having these feelings after reading books and Tolkien and, you know, having all these sword and sandal movies come out or the, the sword and sorcery movies, all these B flicks that are coming out in the eighties. And I ended up going back to that original drawing and I started really filling in the names and saying, I've been, I did that a number of years ago. These places need different names. And so they started getting different names. I wanted it to be original because to me, that was now a real place and I'm mm -hmm. beginning to be exposed mm -hmm. on how others did it. I wanted to make my own world in which I would fit. Remember, I didn't belong anywhere else. I wanted to have my own damn world where I would belong and be accepted. So that ended up being the case. But then as the years ran on, people were starting to play in this world because yeah, you have Greyhawk, but then you have to read everything about Greyhawk in order to understand where you are. And the same thing with the realms. And those were the two big campaign settings at the time. Others were coming out, but you know, I had mine. It was mainly, yeah. Yeah. And then so, and yeah. Exactly. So I was like, you know what? The world that I know the best is the one that I created. And adventure after adventure, now hundreds of games later, the world of Evendell ended up becoming 
and instead of just this little outline, it ended up becoming a freaking planet with three continents. And on one continent, the most well-developed one, something like 41 countries, each with their own languages and dialects, cultures, recipes, um, like over, over 200 unique creatures, playable races, which is all now being redeveloped. So it ended up coming about because people contributed to it. This, this would have been impossible and it would have been absolutely flavorless if I was the only spice that was put into this dish. It required mm -hmm. hundreds of other people's brains and their imaginations to create this. Uh, to create this. And it, it is what it is today. And I ended up steering it all together. But after a while, and this is the final bit, after a while, I, I was beginning to notice some inconsistencies in how the world was appearing in the underlying system of physics. Some of it didn't make any sense to me. And as a mm -hmm. creator and as a writer, I need to have that backbone of, of standardization for me, the way that I write. You don't need yeah. to. You're, a fantasy world could be completely arbitrary, but I chose not, not to do that. And so I wanted to do something. So I spent a good long time creating a brand new system of physics that also explained religion, um, how that works and how magic works and the different kinds of magic. And it was only within the past month, as of December 2022, I had an epiphany that all this time that I've been designing a world, I have still been trying to do it. I've been trying to, to stuff 100 pounds of meat into this little tiny sausage casing called D&D &D 5e or Pathfinder 1e or Pathfinder 2e or mm -hmm, Pathfinder mm -hmm. 2e Remaster. And once I let go of that notion, I was like, I need to stop designing for game systems. Uh, and this was right before PAX, uh, where uh, right before yeah, this was your yeah, yeah, this was your fever yeah. uh, situation. This is what we got into. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, what is fantasy? physics and like is there oh. gravity that's the same things i think about when i'm coming up with worlds i'm like are there are chairs called chairs are that and like you can really take yourself fully down the rabbit hole with this and just be like i live outside my body and i'm but a shell yeah yeah and then yeah. you have to reel it back in <laughs> yeah this is and, and that's those are the moments that i absolutely live for when i can just i'm like i i will t i i feel so bad doing this but sometimes like aaron's like hey honey you want to play like a video game or something like that because we don't yet live together but but we do but we don't it's like 50 percent of the time so mm -hmm. it's like, hey, honey, you want to play a game tonight? I'm like, fuck off. I'm in the zone. And I'm just sitting there and I'm the writing. Says yeah. it's Oh, yeah. Oh, it is. And that's the other thing is that I also went through a phase in like the early 2000s where I was like, this world is expansive. What would happen if someone from our world went into the world of Evandale? What would that look like? Yeah. So, fuck, I wrote a book. And it was like, and, and then that had its own fan base. And none of the shit ever got published because I, I never thought that it would have value. Well, you know, tying it back to what we started off with uh, the world of Evandale is now so large and has seen so much that there are eight ages seven of which are i would say are playable as a fantasy genre going from sword and sandal and sorcery all the way up to high science fantasy but also having grim dark and dark fantasy high fantasy low fantasy expansionism Phenomenal. Uh, and, and so it ended up developing into something that is so freaking massive that a couple of people online decided, you know what, we're going to create a wiki. And they did. They went up on fandom. I had already created it as a placeholder and they took it over and they added 800 fucking pages to this thing. Incredible. And I was like... And was like, at what point do I get to say I'm a writer? That's how you know you made it when you have a wiki. I feel like when somebody's like, we got to write this shit down. You know, damn well, you're going to get yourself a wiki and you're still going to be out here. Uh, <laughs> no, not if, not if I keep going to therapy, hopefully. You, you... <laughs> I'll have moments, but I won't be, I won't be that way all the time. The, the, you know, you, I, I think I understand what my measure of success is. It's when I have an ISBN. Mm, yeah. Mm. For theater actor. Yeah. It's, no, 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 not, not an IMDb, an ISBN. Oh. 
the like on the back of a book you have well here oh hold on I'm, I'm about to Sorry. flex hold on my brain fully went to, about to flex hey. so oh. uh, so the podcast can't see it it's an original deities and demigods from the 80s so on the back of it's from yeah it's like the pub the publishing yeah, yeah, code. the, the yeah. isbn number so for some reason that got stuck in my head and i wanted to use that as a measure of success but it was only recent that i realized that could be a fucking pamphlet it doesn't yeah. need to be a book. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was able to actually proceed. And that's where we are today is that there are three volumes coming out. The very first one is the deities of the world, which are over 50 and three separate pantheons. But this primer is only going to concentrate on one. And for primer, it's going to be actually fairly large. And because I, I decide to squeeze myself out of the the self-appointed restrictions I give myself by developing for Wizards or developing for Paizo, I was like, fuck it, I'm making it system agnostic. And But something speaks to me. So there's also a game system I in development. That. Incredible. I have a question. Because like, again, writer brain. And like when you're going through... And like you start with an idea for a world or a story or like yeah. characters or whatever. And as you get into it, they fully just put you in a chokehold and like take over the train and yep. you're a hostage and you're just yep. like along for the ride. But the it's always so interesting to me, like the amount of like what people have to teach themselves, what research they have to do to like come make these worlds, whether it is like like I'm sure you had to research physics to a weird degree that you didn't think you were going to have to, to come up with an alternate physics system. I was, and I was, like, yeah, I, I, I'm sitting here trying to work with the three body problem because I decided one awkward stage in my life that I wanted to make my make my life a hell. So I gave my world two fucking moons. It's like, God, well, I don't need to deal with a goddamn three body problem now. I, I don't need to do that. And I'm telling physics, get off my fucking lawn. And eventually you yeah. just have to say enough with the damn research. What I found out for me is the more I research, the more I'm trying to find safety in reality. Mm. And what that is actually doing is inhibiting my creative process. The only thing that I need to do is have it make sense to me. Because once yeah. it makes sense to me, and I have a, a, a quote, working fear of how things work, then I'll be able to create with consistency. And that to me is the key to an awesome game. When the players understand how the world works, not how the game mechanics function. I don't give a shit about that. It's how the world works. And once they understand their own boundaries, then ingenuity can start taking over. And exactly. that's when games really start fucking flying. It's the I arbitrary sense of rules that there, I don't like. I? What's you that? Did. I said I teed up my own call out there, didn't I? Mm -hmm. It's like when you said earlier and you were like, everything you make needs to be mediocre. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to dissociate for 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that's not a reality I want to live in. And, and, <laughs> but and it's true. But it's and true. It's, it's not the reality it's I want to live the in. It's mediocre. Like, I love, like, because that is a different level of, like, because definitely in like writing in school and in like my corporate job and stuff, I've had a lot of perfectionism yeah. beaten out of me, but, and I like, we've had a lot of conversations where I'm like, mm -hmm. like when I was doing the editing, if I got real good at saying this is good enough and it's going to be go out so people can listen to us talk. But then there's that. And then there's, you should aim to create things that are mediocre. And I'm like, Ooh, interesting. As someone who has a, has historically had a very like victory or death orientation toward everything. And mm -hmm. it's either like it is perfection or it is worthless. And constantly I am perfect or I am worthless intentionally setting out to create things that are just okay. that are mediocre is a really interesting concept to it's, think about. I personally hate it because it flies in the face of what I know that I am capable of doing. But again, I have to understand that my own strength is, it comes from understanding what my weaknesses are. Right. And, and I have to say at one point or another, 
what truly is my goal here? Is my goal to get something out there or is my goal to create a perfect thing? So which which one is it? Because it can't be both. Yeah. You have to yeah. sacrifice one for the other. So I decided to sacrifice perfectionism and then get something out there. And as it turns out, the moment that I started to get into the practice of getting stuff done, the easier I started to realize my life was becoming as I wrote the characters were now speaking to me a little bit more fluently. The setting mm -hmm. was also communicating to me in ways that I didn't really understand. And it was flowing more. It, it really was because yeah. the perfectionism to me is like you have to have that dam up and you're waiting for the water level to rise up to some arbitrary fucking level before you can even tap into it. In the meantime, what is the purpose of the dam? What's the purpose of the reservoir behind it? It is to actually sup of that stuff. It is to drink that stuff. It is to engage in it, to be a creative person. And if you constantly disallow yourself by putting up these, these pretentious boundaries that are, that are put upon you by others, then you're never going to get anything done because now you're living for them. You're no longer living for yourself. So when I say mediocrity, what I'm really talking about is your level the the level which you need to be able to release stuff and if that's yeah, mediocre totally for you exactly. believe me exactly and with practice whatever you churn out is still going to be better than what you ever thought it could potentially be and right, then exactly. it just gets better and better and better from there because you're actually allowing yourself to produce and therefore practice a hundred percent. The yeah. the same the same applies as but to like art or di oh, yeah. or digital art because like I I in a in a previous life in my younger years I wanted to be a video game concept artist. I knew that's what I wanted to go do, and my family was very supportive of like my art and things like that. But once I got to the point where I was like picking colleges, I had doubts because I was comparing <laughs> myself to obviously people that have been in the industry for years, and I was like, yes. but I'm not that good to me. And like what I wish had happened. And I love my family. They're, they they were very supportive with the art, but they saw my moments of hesitation and they were, they instead of pushing and encouraging me towards Ooh. it, like past that point of insecurity, because I'm a fucking child still. Sure. What they were like, well, I mean, if you're having doubts, like maybe go towards something safer, like business. Um, oh God, that hurts yeah. so hard. Yeah. And so like, I think I, I did like a segue of like, uh, maybe not art, but like, I like psychology. And then I went to go do psychology. And then I realized that like, I got to get like a master's and a doctorate if I ever want to make money with a psychology degree. <laughs> and I have a psychology degree. Girl, yeah. But like, I didn't know this in the moment of like, the, yeah. the realization of like, you can graduate with whatever degree and yeah. that does not dictate what you're actually going to do in the world. That was a big benefit of being a weird liberal arts kid. Yeah. I will say is like our whole deal is that everybody thinks we're wasting like you're wasting your time and you're never going to be anything like oh you with your fucking English degree <laughs> and like you you had and for me like I started as a communications major because I was I had no idea what I wanted to do and I was like well I can talk and I can write so let's go with this one I probably won't fuck it up and then I panic switched halfway through school to psych tried to switch back to communications couldn't and then like rode out psych the rest of the way. And like, I love, I love psychology, but I never, I knew I was not going to be a clinician, but looking at why, how people think and why we are the way we are and why we make the decisions we do and what motivates us is incredibly useful in everything. Yeah. And is. I had, like, I had to develop that muscle of almost like, justifying that choice that I made and being and like going to career fairs with people with standard business degrees and stuff who thought I had no place there and it's like why are you here with your stupid fucking like liberal arts degree and I had to just deal with that 
yeah. from a pretty like early no. like I'm 28 now, but from you know like early college. I came from a family of all business bitches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like my dad is an oil and gas like corporate person. My yeah. mom is an entrepreneur and real estate agent, and then my brothers are well in the corporate world mm-hmm. and whatever. So it, it was systematic, and I was like, okay, well I gotta I gotta make money and survive. I'm also an I tra- and I'm an immigrant child. We had to work our asses off, and money plays a big part yeah. in that. Yeah, and so I was like terrified of the potential of not making money. So I went into business after psychology was like, I know I'm not going to be in, in school that much because I originally wanted to be a You psych- also didn't love being in school. I didn't love being in school. I love school. No. I was good at it. I, I enjoyed my time. I missed some things about academia. Yeah. Like I, I did enjoy it. Yeah. But I was I went psychology and like, it was because I wanted to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist because mm-hmm. okay. I, I like helping people yeah. and I'm good at it. I'm good at being that support system. But then I was like, I don't want to be in school this long. And so yeah, I, went, like, I, get a whole I went business and then I like because I got so busy with school and so busy searching for jobs and then fucking quarantine happened. Like I did not do any of my art <laughs> since high school. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I didn't touch it for yeah. years. And there was the element of like, I would look back at the stuff that I did in high school because I was drawing so much. Yeah. And I was so good. You had so many then, at-bats. Yeah. And then the muscle memory was so degraded <laughs> uh, when I would try again. And I was like, I was comparing myself to how I was when I was consistently pushing art out yep. nonstop. And I was like, no, if it's not that, where I was, then what's the point? I can't do it. I can't yeah. stand to look at it. But eventually I got to the point when like I after trying to get back into my art and and all of these things, I I did it by doing this exercise that was like just getting back to basics. And it was like this little free course. It's I, I would have to look it up later, but it's literally a free class how to go from not knowing how to fucking draw even anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just repetitive practice, lines, circles, squares, and you're building up and you have to fill like like pages of the shit yeah and i would just start doing that until it was like systematic and i regained the muscle memory and i would start drawing again i got procreate and like that made it easier more accessible but it was it was very much a i had to get okay with just pushing shit out that Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily my fucking magnum opus and it was just for practice it was just for whatever and it it was on procreate and i'm like this will never see the light of day but i did it yep um (laughs) and at least I, i got that out of my system so that I can progress to bigger and better things. And like my art has gone crazy quickly after I start from when I started back up again. I think the first thing I did was like a a character portrait for a friend of mine. If Mm -hmm. I look at it now, I'm like, like throw up because it was so bad, but it was just getting back into the, into the feel of it. Now I've done a lot of stuff that I'm like, Oh, I love this. Yeah. And it's it's not having the fear of like pushing that mediocrity out into the world because it will get you to those those random magnum opuses that you're like, oh, yeah. this just came out of me and I didn't have to work super hard mm-hmm. to make it happen. It just did. Writing is similar and dissimilar to me. Like I know I can write. I have examples of my writing that I like. Like enough people have told me that I'm a good writer. Of like mm-hmm. I I make money from my I support myself with not creative writing, but writing. But it's like the prospect of like for me, it's the novel that I'm working on of like sitting down and crafting those characters in that world yeah. and the 
the practicality of actually just doing the damn thing yeah. that gets me because it's so easy for me to go oh. analytical and be like, should I use a Word document or Scrivener or Google? I can't use Google Docs because they'll take your data. So I hope I can't use that one. Let me go <laughs> research writing programs for four hours. And then I like, I'll just be maladaptive daydreaming scenes. About the concept of, the of writing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and scenes <laughs> of the book that I'm just not writing. And I'm like, why am I this way? Yeah. Um, I, 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 uh, oh God, you just, you hit, you hit so many things. Unfortunately, I, my mind is like a sieve. So Allie, I was just reacting to something. You just saw me on camera. I kind of leaned back and I, I was saw like, you get smacked across the face with something. No, 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 <laughs> like no. I was pot. like, yes. I'm glad, I was I'm glad I've also gotten you a couple times because you've gotten me. It feels like it's been an even little slap fight <laughs> no 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 i and that that's not my intention this is this is just my truth and not at all i'm joking i love it like, my for, for me the i i think the stumbling blocks by our fellow human and in particular those that we are raised to believe that we should always trust is the thing that for me ended up like really put, putting a wrench in the works and so when you have people that are, I, I'm not even too sure where I'm going to go with this, but fuck it. We're just going to go down this line. Mm -hmm. just so follow your truth. you've, uh, okay. So you remember I'm drawing this map and I'm trying to figure out place names and shit. Okay. Yeah. There's a little bit more to that story and it goes something like this. I used to have, you remember those old school filing cabinets, like the big ass mm -hmm. drawers with the hang of folders, yes. like a Pendaflex and yeah, all that I worked crap? in a courthouse in high school. Oh my God. So you get it. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So all right, you worked at, all right. My, my stepfather's business was a, a very large stenography firm oh, okay. okay so we had all the stuff and things all right and yeah so i had these two i had a, a short one i only had a two draw filing cabinet it was chalk filled chalk filled with world information chalk i'm not even joking but i say it is like i have stuff on on my little writing table and stuff in my room so for the longest time for like decades i believed that during the satanic panic back in the 80s at some point mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my mother burned and destroyed everything. When I came home what? from sleepaway camp what? for decades, that is what I believed. I went to therapy. I was like, you know, I, I, I guess I, it's been a long time since I've addressed my mental health. Now that I'm an adult in my early fifties, let me, let me address mm -hmm. my mental health. And I go, uh, uh, I, I get a therapist and while I'm like, I'm talking to them over zoom or whatever. And I just shut down and I was flooded with this one memory. No, she didn't destroy it. She didn't. You did. She you made did. me destroy it. Oh, that's worse. That's worse. That that's was much a, worse. It was that's a, so much worse. It was a suppressed memory, and I and th and that's when I remembered it was from from that time on until the nineties at some point that I had st I was continuing to play the game, and sometimes they were based in in Evendale, but mm -hmm. the the world had ceased to be developed. So when I say, or anybody reads online, that I've been doing it for over forty for over forty years, that's to say I've been alive during the time when that was taking place. In reality, it's been more like twenty five thirty. Still a flex, but to understand w how society has affected us creatively, to oh. to think that. You know that the, man, the zeitgeist of time, certain time at, at certain points in history, demands that we conform to X, Y, and Z if you are going to quote succeed. And that was such a crushing blow that the world of Evendale has seen not one. This has not been one consecutive de uh, development sprint. This has been the fourth or fifth iteration of a complete world. I've mm -hmm. never 
I don't believe Avondale will ever be finished. I don't. I don't think that this the. I don't think the paintings of any artist will ever be finished being yeah. painted. You know. So mm-hmm. it's. I mean, that's true of like real civil civilizations as yeah. well. It like, is. Yeah. By yeah. We're never done. Humans, humanoids that have a consciousness, like it's never done. It's always evolving into something. Yeah. And 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 for me, it also came to the realization when we're talking about my own mental health is that I, as a person, I mm-hmm. you can't ever give up. You can't ever stop creating, and that and that for me means I also cannot stop rediscovering and learning about myself and mm, my yeah. own place in society and how I want to be. I just happen to be at an age where I can finally say, yeah, I just fucking done it for so fucking long. I just don't care. <laughs> it's easy for me to like pull my pants up to my belly button and just like waddle around this ha- and, and pretend that <laughs> you know, I, I can I can totally do that. And just, you know, ha- he does ha- not waddle for the he record. He does not waddle. He's a big man <laughs> with much confidence. <laughs> it's, I in, in my mind, it's kind of, hey, just a doddering art and and i look all right i i work from home that is to say i don't have a job so i work from home and now i'm not i'm not i'm not saying anything i have i traditionally have been working since hurricane sandy like 2012 yeah. or something i just realized what i said and how that could be totally misconstrued so yeah. okay don't you edit this wrong so okay right okay <laughs> case the name okay good yes okay so, i love you Kay. please please context thank you so um, the point here is, cut is that yeah, yeah, don't you talk <laughs> hey, can't to, cut out that context. God, make it problematic. It, it, make it as problematic as possible. <laughs> <laughs> we need it for the teaser. <laughs> okay, well, glad I can help you. I love your show. Gotta go. I gotta wash my goldfish <laughs> now. And so, call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, click. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's there have been a couple of times when. I, I think we have to have these little come to Jesus moments uh, with ourselves mm-hmm. and understand that if we don't do it ourselves, no one is ever going to do it for us. If anybody is expecting that that great dream of being seen and recognized, and then someone th- takes you under their wing and catapults you into a land of success of your own dreams, that sure, that, that may happen for some. That is luck. And anything that I've said throughout this whole podcast is also being conflicted with with my own damn brain weasels. So I'm, yeah. everything I'm telling you is a logic that I've learned. I have yet to put it into full practice. And that's the other thing for me is while I'm creating, you have to give yourself license to be, a, you have to give yourself license to fuck up and to learn from it. But that's the big thing. You have yeah. to be able to learn from it. So 100%. Anyway, wow, this is the mental health podcast. This isn't about... This has really been one with a lot of good advice. And I want to add to it even more so, especially coming off of that story, which thank you for sharing, because that's traumatic as fuck. I was like, I want to go back in time and hug little you, because I can't imagine how painful that would have been. I knew someone destroyed it. I just didn't know who. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. It was... It was so much worse and then than I thought it was. And then that d- tying it back to that element of like me knowing that I needed to go on a creative pursuit and mm-hmm. my family not encouraging me further or like giving me the, mm-hmm. the support that I probably would have needed in that point. I always knew that I needed to be a creative. And then I tried to fit myself into that hole of like, well, I need to make money because like that's yeah. what my family does. That's what we've always needed. And it's secure and I'll go do it. And I like, let me tell you, I got my fucking degree. I went out into the world, couldn't find a fucking job for months, then fucking quarantine happened, and I have a good business degree from a good fucking college, and I have had years of sales experience, 
And when I tell you, like, you will still wind up in situations where you just don't have a job and don't yeah. have the money, even with a good degree. And so I, I was like, fuck, I might as well have gone and done the thing that I wanted yeah. to do yeah. because I was miserable in school doing something I didn't enjoy because I thought it would give me security and it didn't. And so if you, if someone is listening and needs that encouragement and you know, in your heart and your soul that that is what you want and people are telling you otherwise, yep. they've never done that for themselves. Mm. So yeah. don't take advice from people that are not where you want to be. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Chase. You know what? It is okay to chase down your dreams. It is okay for you to be completely engrossed in your own passions. And it is beautiful if you want to, and actually, and even more beautiful if you actually exercise your right as a human being to become even better in your passions. But mm -hmm. you must do it without the notion that anyone is ever going to give a damn. And I yeah. think the moment That's that you- That's hard to separate. Yes. Oh, it's That's still what huge. Gets. It's, That's what gets most people, I would yeah. say. Yeah, but I can't, oh. It's hard to do it for the sake of it and not on some level for the appeasement of others recognition. Like, and that's a very, that's a human impulse. Yep. Like there's nothing, there's no fully training that out of you. That is fair. And that is okay. But it is also not always reality. Yeah. And even if you do get validation for it, you probably not going to get validation for everything you've ever made yep. every second of every day. Yeah. Yeah. You have and to so become comfortable with yourself. Yeah. You can't outsource yes. that sense of self mm -hmm. to yeah. anything else or anyone else. It has to come. It's a, it's a beautiful, I think that's why voiceover was such a, a, a natural thing for me. It, it got into, so the entire job of a voice actor is to audition. It's not mm -hmm. to get paid. The entire thing, I do primarily, when I say primarily video games, I have two under my belt on credit and a third upcoming. So there's- hey. That's that's that's, that's, it's, it. it's that's more than awesome. I can say. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's fucking awesome. I'm not I'm not you know and and I absolutely love that I have that. However, the amount of times that you audition, which is to say that mm -hmm. the amount of times that you write or the amount of manuscripts that you have, etc., you have to become accustomed to simply creating and producing and perfecting your craft as far as you are willing to take it. Take it, mm -hmm. take it to the nth degree for your own passions. And yeah, you're right. It is difficult to not want to seek validation. I constantly seek validation. Constantly, I I created my IMDb page. I, it's not it's not like I have an agent who did that. I created my website so that I can put my shit out there. So yeah, you still have to be able to do it. There has to be a swallowing of ego in that in that entire process. And don't read the comments. And my yeah. God, I wish I can just follow my own advice. Yeah. And honestly, nobody great that is where they, in their dream position, doing their dream passion, all of that. None of them ever started probably at a point where their families or people around them were 100% supportive of yeah. this crazy idea that they wanted to go pursue. Yeah. And because yeah. it's outside of the bounds of a normal nine to five job that is secure in the mindset of everybody else. And it's okay to still do the thing and pursue your passions. But I can't explain the way that like, I mean, Mariah and I are again, corporate marketing girlies and we've been yeah. living in that space forever. Yeah. But the second that we started the podcast and the second that we started just like, and we did it for fun with no expectation, had no idea how quickly it would take off if at all. None. Uh, yeah. But it was just something we enjoyed and we like talking to each mm -hmm. other and we feel like we're entertaining. But the, the reception that it's gotten and on top of that the doors that have seamlessly opened themselves mm. for us without us even seeking it has been wow. such like the serendipity of like 
people landing in our laps exactly when we needed them to, who are willing to help in the exact way that, way we, that need. we needed. Yeah. Or we get like software that lands in our lap that is exactly what we needed yep. from a friend of ours that we wouldn't have been able to afford ourselves. And, and just all these random things that just lined up ever so perfectly mm-hmm. to make this a reality. It, like every single time that we felt like we were starting to pursue our authentic selves, really, and it the things that we want. easier and gates open. It gets easier and gates open. And that should be all the validation you need that the second you start pursuing what you want i feel like things will start lining up for you because that is what you are supposed to do that's what you are meant to do and it's okay to keep pushing in that direction yeah yeah as i i'm still learning sure i need to get a I must have a steady, a steady paying job, or I need to have uh, several of revenue streams available to me so that I can continue to pursue my yeah. craft. You, that yeah, is yeah. also part of that. You have to have that as well. Yeah. We both, we work full-time jobs. Yeah. Like we were just, it's, we recorded an episode with Kate, the great cosplays. Mm-hmm. Like, and after we had cut, we were talking about a bunch of things, but she was just like, so yeah, like we were just kind of joking about workloads and stuff. And she's like, so both of y'all work full-time jobs and you do all of this and you're trying to do this thing. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm trying to write a novel and I'm writing a horror podcast. And, and she was like, how? And I get and we so were like, sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, man, I'm just doing my best. <laughs> but it is a thing where like, yes, like I got a lot of health issues. I can't not have insurance. Yeah. I, I'm too anxious to not have consistent income to support myself. Yeah. And so you have like, you have a job and I, I, I like a lot of things about my job. It's a very good job. Is it, you know, my favorite thing that I want to do until like the day I go on the ground? No, no, not particularly, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. And it, it finding that like holding space for both, like the reality of what it takes to be a person that exists mm-hmm. in the world. And then wanting to like pursue what is authentically what you feel you feel like you are authentically meant to do can be very hard. Uh-huh. And it's one of those things of like, like you said, of like as as you get older and like no, we're not, I'm aware. So like as I get older, I'm 28. <laughs> like if I compare it to like how I was coming out of college. Sure. Yeah. It's it's infinitely easier now because I know myself much better now and I am at a very different place than I was and it's easier to hold those conflicting truths. But like I have a ton of empathy for anyone that's struggling with that because I also have for yeah. and still do to some uh, extent. I, I, I want to make something clear. When when I talk about my age, one of the things that so it's it gets inbred in you. Yeah, respect your elders. And that's I I know. No, don't don't respect me. I I don't want that. Just based off of the disrespect. No, fucking disrespect. Yeah, I'm serious. (laughs) Degrade me. (laughs) You said that, not me. I'm always the one that thinks it. There, it's fine. Degrade me, mommy. It's all right. Please degrade me. (laughs) No. Again, we're swerving into a different type of podcast, (laughs) and I'm not saying no, but I am saying that's not an explicit tag that Alina has. No, the, the what the age thing has done for me is actually work against me. It mm-hmm. it never because I get to look back and say, sure, I've been doing it for this long. But to my brain that is still programmed to produce, 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 and unless mm-hmm. you produce, you don't succeed. I've been failing for the past forty years. So but there's always something, right? It's either yeah. Too, well, that's just it. Either succeed or it's how much, how many years you've it, been failing. It, exactly. And that's, so it, it that's has, the orientation towards self, and, and, and therefore it has nothing to do with age. Yeah. No, nothing yeah. at all to do with age. There's if, plenty of people that have succeeded much later in their life, and and my and 
to the opposite point much yeah. earlier. And, and at no point at all should there ever be anything other than celebration that someone found yeah. their passion and started writing for it or started creating for it, whatever, whatever your expression is. I oh, love honey, it. I work in ver I work in verifications and I and I literally have seen a like t fresh little baby 20-year-old who's trying to lease like a $5,000 a month like home Oof. and they have a Lamborghini that's paid off and all this and we're like for sure we're like surely this is fraudulent. And then sure enough I look her up and I'm like no she's just a, a little baby influencer that got lucky and oh, she's okay, doing fair. her thing and I she's thought got... she was just leasing that working in she's... like an entry level job and I'm like I was no, worried no, no, no. about her. We, and... No. No, we were like, cool. Okay. We were like, this is fraudulent, and I'm like, no, she's just a very popular influencer, and she's she's got she's, she's just got that it good. good. Listen, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Some people just got it, but <laughs> yeah. So holy crap, TTRPG. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 odd. Uh, we Ali uh, uh, Ali mm. do, is it Ali? Is that okay, Ali? Ali or Ali, whichever one. Ali, Ali. Mm -hmm. Ali. I say Ali because it's Alejandra. Oh right, of course, yes, Ali. Mm -hmm. I apologize. My, I, you're good. My, you're my good. sincerest. Saying Ali just feels it's too funny close to the like, white woman. In <laughs> it's funny because Mariah and, and Bex and Alyssa met me in an age where the friend that introduced us, like that we all got kind of introduced with, called me Ale. And so for most of my life, I've always been Ali. But yeah. they all assimilated under Ale. So when they hear people call me Ali, they're like, that's wrong. And I'm like, that's what yeah, I went by for like most people, of the time. Like mutual friends will ask me like, oh, so where, where's Ali? And I'm like, who the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I, what? <laughs> like, Who's, I was so like, is oh, Ale. okay, that's a different person. <laughs> So we 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 chatted on Discord for um briefly about topics yeah. to discuss and one of the things that I was like, you know what, it, it sure world building, I've done it and mm -hmm. yeah, I can discuss that for the next 6 hours. I have no problem with that. It's the notion of expression of creativity through tabletop role playing games as as a particular medium of expression. That to me is that kind of goes back to an understanding of who I was and mm. then as an improv director, I, which I did for seven years, during that time, I think it, that it, it, between RPGs and saying "fuck the rules" and "dare to suck," um, mm -hmm. which is which was my method of teaching improvisation. Putting um, that on a shirt. What's up? Oh yeah, it's out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that that's how I started to find out who I was. It was just mm -hmm. such a fucking hot mess that did not want to conform to any particular rules, but I constantly had this notion of doing so. But around a table things changed for mm -hmm. some reason around a, around a role-playing um, any kind of, well, I mean, for me, it's RPGs, but even then around battle tech or, you know, any minis game or something, there was always a component of commonality amongst everyone there at the table. Of course, um, mm -hmm. we're all there for one reason, but there's this social aspect of it. And the funny thing is, is that I love stories so much that I, uh, this is why I am here. So I put on my blinders and I'm like, thou shalt not do anything more. Thou shalt not pee. Thou shalt not take pizza breaks. And all I wanted to do <laughs> is just simply play. We can relate. Yeah. I, yeah. It be that way. Uh, and all I wanted to do is just role play. And after some examination, I think it's it, it was the ability for me, as verbose as I am, the ability for me to just finally sit back mm. and watch people around a table bring their characters to life in a way. That's a really cool moment. That, it's, oh, the it's that, man, we, yesterday in our Thursday game, which is usually a big boom, 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 boom. Seekers of the Fall has been like this fast paced, you know, let's go. We got to go from here to there and go collect this and do that. They finally had the equivalent of a beach episode yesterday. And 
Oh yeah. Oh, it was, it was, it was amazing. And boy, was there a deep dive into one of the characters problems based off of their events mm -hmm. that had taken place in prior games and the psychological effect that those issues took on them. And then everyone coming together and then the external threat that their feelings are actually manifesting things in this part of the world and causing them to be, it was awesome to not have to be able to, I honestly felt like I didn't have to say anything for a very long time and watching a human unleash that creativity oh, just to so be able good. to spread those creative wings and soar into the infinite heavens that is just fucking amazing so yeah if you do that at my table you've you've got the floor just fucking talk continue to play your character oh my god the story don't threaten me with a good so time good. Oh, I'll, I'll hop into that table so quickly i am I, i'm already like no it's no the, the two oh. of you have a you two of you already have a seat i got shit yes. planned this year so <laughs> Because if you want to talk about RP hoes, that's yes, like yes. all we do. Oh, gimme, 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 num, 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 num. We'd thing. be out here. That's why I run Vampire the Masquerade, because it's all RP and it's dark and fucked up. Yeah. That that was one of my first, uh, one of the very first games. <laughs> Can I tell you a little story? Yeah, sure. Of course. Okay. It's, it's Mariah's like it's so done. That was that was so, the cutest little jig. I know our listeners. Oh, I know. I'm it, skimming all over the place. The <laughs> I just have a dry sense of humor sometimes. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. Good. Good. Went to a LARP. It was yes. it was a vampire LARP. Ooh. It was my first time there, and they were taking and it was taking place in a church. And the church understood what was going on, and it was totally like, wow, this is this is really cool. Old that they that wow that that allowed. This is New York. New York doesn't give a fuck. Okay. But, fair. Okay. That's Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is not this is not beneath the Mason Dixon line. So this, this yeah, is this different from the South Ass, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk in, and uh, who was it? Ruth and someone. And Ruth, if you're listening, thank you because you set me on a pace of life that changed me. So I went in there. I didn't know anybody. Lo and behold, I did know some people because you know social circles and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they were there. I came in, and I was just having a grand old time. And at the end of the event, the the storytellers, uh, two of them, they were like. So we're thinking about leaving and we want to hand you the game. Like, what? I, this is, what? The fuck? So yeah, I was like, I, I didn't understand it. They had like a good solid base of like 25 people routinely that, that showed up. Sometimes they hit upwards of 40. And it was like a good game. It was well designed. And everyone there was totally in character, which speaks to the allowance of creativity in mm -hmm. those kinds of spaces that the storytellers are not trying to like put leashes on everyone saying, this is my world. Welcome to it. You can do it my way. So yeah. it was a respect. I was like, why are you handing me this? I don't fucking understand. What did I do to? And that set me on a pace of running games on on a event level mm. so um i really want to try that at some point we've never done a larp but i think it would be <sighs> so fun i want to go to that one that's like basically larping hogwarts in a castle yeah oh uh, my friend Allie did that oh uh, yeah yeah went out to check you and i think it was check you and came back and it's like i'm not a gamer but fuck i'm going back and i was like yeah, that's that awesome fun, yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's i mean amazing. that's just like theatrical improv at that point. yeah like i need to take some improv classes is what i need to do first but you know what's interesting because i'm about to start teaching are you actually no are no you, i'm not heroic? i'm not even joking yeah the um okay well first about the btm the reason, yeah so the reason why i mentioned that it was because that was my first foray into rpg drama it, like i i'll i'll set vtm slightly aside fully understanding there is a plethora of rpgs out there and I'm so certain so many of them touch these, touch the levels that I absolutely want in an RPG. What VTM did for me was an immediate, it's right there in print. 
essentially you're fighting for your own fucking humanity keep the beast at bay and i was like shit i love this so yes i'm with you on the vtm 100 percent. and i want to be in another fucking game which is coming out on ancock crit later this uh later this month but i want to be on other games too so yeah, if anybody wants to play. One shots and stuff. Or wait, I'll message you. We can weave you in to <laughs> oh, our fuck. like. Oh, little just, just give me, give me reason, give me reason. But yes, improv. So Aaron started that whole TTRPG collective, which is just so amazing. Phenomenal. So cool. It's so fucking good. And in there, I I had a post and I was like, hey, you know, I'm seriously thinking about doing this for players and for GMs. And I came up on a curriculum which was based off of improv, but also tying in certain things that you need to be able to do at a at a TTRPG in, in that kind of a setting that differs from theatrical improvisation. And mm-hmm. I started creating this. And as I wrote out the curriculum and I put it up there, I was like, would anybody be interested in this? Absolute strangers like, oh, yes, 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 yes. And I was like, well, wait a second. What about for GMs? What do GMs need to do? The GMs are players too. That to me mm-hmm. is recognition number one. And so I started building out that, that curriculum. So yeah, I'm actually... Once other things fall into place, I'm going to be developing that. And yeah, I'm going to be holding sessions and they're not going to be short sessions. I'm going to need that link. I'm going to need the link. I'll send it to you. I'll I'll give it to you. I'll send it right to you. Yeah, you you ain't got to say it like that. Straight to your inbox. (laughs) Listen. I will be sliding right into those DMs. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) You can't see blushing on podcasts. I'm sicking mom on you. Who is sicking mom? Who? Aaron? Yeah. Aaron's mom. Aaron's mom. Aaron is mom. We're Polly. <laughs> We're Polly. Aaron's gonna say, Yeah, you go. Allie's God. hot. God. Mom's not God. I didn't Damn it. <laughs> That was information we didn't have. It does explain a lot of things in retrospect. Anyway. I was wondering. I was I was wondering. I just wasn't gonna full out ask you my phone and shit. I can't do this. But I was like, you have the vibe. <laughs> so anyway, so yes, classes will be forthcoming. They are gonna be hopefully What's that? I said K probably also caught our fucking random about polyamory real quick. No, no, leave that shit in there. I don't, I ain't afraid. <laughs> My family knows. I don't give a fuck. Oh, are you poly? I'm actually not poly. I actually weirdly have a lot of friends that are. No, yeah. I mean, you didn't say you were poly. You yeah. just clocked them for their poly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just observant. Yeah, you're just observant. So, um, love coming out. So, the, yeah, classes. Right. I think that's what we were talking about, weren't we? That was what we were that talking was, about. Yeah, it, was, it was classes. I do that sojourn. Yeah. 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 When are you starting that, by the way? So again, things need to fall in place on my side first. And okay. once that does, then I'm going to send you out a link. But the, the, the premise of it is that there's the, the first couple of ones are going to be free. They w- I will charge for the other ones because that is a revenue stream for me mm-hmm. and yeah. literally mm-hmm. helps me to, to get food. So I don't know, but I can tell you that it's going to be inordinately inexpensive considering that's probably going to be weekly for three weeks and it is a full-on acting course that is designed for players and more specifically for players that i am accustomed to in the theater circle when Mm -hmm. i was an improv director i wasn't working with experienced actors I was okay. working with people who were rejected from the theater uh, from the theater scene. I was working in this case. I was working mm-hmm. at New York Renaissance Fair, so I'll give you guys a little bit of behind the scenes. I was one of the directors there for like seven years. That would be so such an interesting oh, job. Oh my gosh! It, it was it, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. 
So when people came in to audition in New York City, they're looking for paid gigs. And there were several piles. Uh, there was the yes pile, the no pile, etc. So people come in, they hand over their headshot and resume, they do their monologue, and they leave where we ask questions and it turns into a little Q&A. And then you had me. And as soon as I saw that they put the, the headshot and resume into the no pile, if I saw a little spark, I was like, can I have that? And then I got up and I was like, so, hey, let me ask you a couple of questions. And I developed a pattern that started surreptitiously breaking down walls and mm -hmm. a little bit of icebreaker comments that were kind of questions about them. And once they loosened up, I found myself improv. Uh, they didn't know that they were actually improving. I was mm -hmm. like, let me ask you something as the character whose monologue you just performed. Do you mind if I do that? Is that okay? And they started responding. Yeah, exactly. And after a while, I kind of got a sense of where it was that they were able to go. And if they were able to release themselves for even 10 seconds and allow, a, allow themselves to don the armor of a character, I mm. wanted them in my cast. And so I pulled them in. And lo and fucking behold, for the only two times that that fair has ever won Best Street Cast Award, it was during the times that these people allowed themselves to grow in that program that I was running. So That's awesome. it was, it's fucking amazing. So yeah, these are people who were supposedly rejects. Nope, nope, they were not rejects. They were fucking award-winning cast members who were misplaced or would have been miscast in something else. And they went on mm -hmm. to, uh, and the amazing thing is, is that improvisation, Mariah, you, you said that you had wanted to take improv class? Yeah. Okay. I've, I've also, been wanting to do it. I just like chicken out it's, every time. Oh man. You know, here's here's the cool part. There are so many rules to improv until you finally realize that there's one rule. There are no rules. And the reason yeah. why that works is because of a little bit of the psychology that goes into rethinking and restructuring your brain to be much more adaptable, which is why I started, I was like, this is, this is perfect. Absolutely perfect for a table. This is, this is the kind of stuff that I wish every GM had. And I love crunchy systems. Don't get me wrong, but man, you put me in front of like cooperative storytelling table. Oh, yeah. Oh. I don't want to run a crunchy system and I wish I was better at acting like i definitely am more of a physical actor and again this goes back to imposter syndrome if i'm like yep. i know i can tell the difference between these people and everyone's like no we totally can but i wish i had a bigger toolbox to work with there and i think like getting into improv could help with that a ton i've had yeah. the same thought mostly because of the fact that like at some point in the near future we do eventually want to release an actual play and that is a physical at the table actual yep. play same. that we'll get to um, and so I want to sharpen those skills so that when I am truly there behind the DM yeah. screen, behind a camera, it's I dynamic. can give it the performance it deserves. Yeah. But actually, I think with that, that's a wonderful note to end on. And I'd love if you could let people know where they can find you again. Just a quick reminder, and as well as any projects you want to plug that are coming up soon. Take it away. Thank you. Yeah, you can find the work of Evandale on the never finished website, evandale.com, E-V-I-N-D-A-L-E. <laughs> I think a I think a two I it's think a single a engine plane case. just landed on my street. <laughs> anyway, what? you like I just I just heard like a plane land. Like life flight or no like, I, no, no, that's no. Not a plane. That's a helicopter. Yeah, that'd be a helicopter. But no, no, this was afraid. a like I don't know. It's somebody I don't know. Anyway. You can find Alrighty. the you can find the world of Evandale on the never finished website. Evandale.com, E-V-I-N-D-A-L-E. Um, you'll also find it in socials, either as Evandale or World of Evandale, up on threads and Instagram and whatever the other thing that used to be a bird is now called. 
Um, and it also, I refuse to call Twitter X. I'll die. I know. I call it's, it Twitter every single day just, that I'm at work, and I'm like, I'm not. The only dead naming we stand is Twitter. It's yeah, I know. It's the only <laughs> dead name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the only dead name we stand. That's oh man, I want that. On, see, I want that on a T-shirt. So yes. you'll also find us on currently Wednesdays and Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern New York time over on twitch.tv forward slash Avondale where we're running Cyberpunk or was running Cyberpunk. We're now determining what the next campaign will be on Wednesdays and on Thursdays, a little bit of dark fantasy with an awesome crew who loves to tell stories. Well, actually both of them. I'm, I'm incredibly blessed to have these players. So that's what's happening there. As far as voiceover goes, um, look for Ground Branch uh, by Blackfoot Studios. It was released in 2018, but they never had, they've been using AI voices and recently they decided to go with humans, of which I'm very thankful. And so you'll, yeah. you'll find me as one of the lead voices of Dagger, which is one of the player. It's the player voice. It's the blue four voice. Mm. So You'll find me there, and that's already out on Steam, and you'll get that in one of the in one of the uh, releases soon. So heck yeah! Oh awesome. oh oh! Well, and ooh. Showgunners, fuck yeah, Showgunners! I need to be <laughs> proud of this. Yeah, we won awards. This this game it came out from Artificer Games in um, in Poland. What an amazing team! They released this. They're, they are concentrating more on the European appearances. But Showgunner's also up on Steam. Uh, that's I play Marty Manson, and so you'll find him there. And yeah, that's an awesome XCOM-style attack game. That's really fucking good. So I, I've been yeah. blessed to have that. Uh, yeah, so that, that's where you'll find me, or S.J. McKean, or Steve Krause, and everywhere else. Heck yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank this you. has been amazing. Yay. This is like my favorite episode we've ever done, I think. <laughs> that, that's a high, that's a high really honor. Good. Thank you. Perfect, perfect. Much appreciated. Um, Thank well, you so much for having me on. I really, really, this is such an honor. Thank you. Absolutely. So we had such a joy uh, of a time chatting with you. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Table Talk, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Table Talk is a podcast brought to you by Mythos Media Productions, bringing you a new episode every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at TabletalkRPG or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.